The Swain Event Podcast is driven by Beatty Chevrolet. For your new and pre-owned vehicle shopping needs, visit BeattyChevrolet.com. Beatty Chevrolet saves you money. 2.9% APR or $5,000 total value on new Silverado 1500s. New Equinox with 1.9% APR plus no payments for 90 days or 2500 total cash allowance at Beatty Chevrolet. Deep down the middle, has got his man and he's gone. Jason Swain, touchdown. It's time for the Swain event with your host, Jason Swain. My man. Real sports talk for the real sports fan. All you chumps are going to bow when I whip him. It's time for the Swain event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Get into his house and a red flag. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. It is that time of the week where we come together. Talk a little Tennessee sports. Ben McKee, Go Vols 247. I'm Jason Swain, live from the Low T Center studio. Got my man, Ben McKee, who's grinding, putting in some work as he is moving. Big thanks to Jennifer Moore, Keller Williams Realty Group. Making sure our guy Ben McKee is all taken care of. Ben, what's up, my man? I do want to give a shout-out to Jennifer Morris right off of the bat before we get into our conversation. You mentioned her, and we talk about her all the time, but she is truly the GOAT. And uh, for anybody looking for a realtor to accomplish all of their real estate needs, I, I just simply cannot recommend Jennifer Morris enough. But the way that she makes the process so simple from step one to the final step, I mean, it, it's truly incredible. You you cannot say enough good things about her and, and her work. And uh, still, uh, her, her work is, at least from the outside looking in, it looks like most of her work is done at this point, and, and she could easily just be waiting until closing on Thursday. Uh, but she's so great that she's checking in, making sure we have coolers for our refrigerated stuff. Uh, she's offering her, her husband's creepy van up to help move stuff if, if, if need be. <laughs> Uh, that that's the inside joke that she likes to have there. Scooby-Doo van. Uh, that, that they that that they have a van that that looks creepy that they use to uh, her husband uses it to travel, but they can they can also move some stuff in there. So she she's doing anything and everything to help when when she doesn't have to. So uh, she she makes the process a, a stress a stressful process to say the least. She makes it very simple and uh, stress free. So I. I I'm firsthand experience with Jennifer twice now. And uh, if, if I ever move again, Jennifer will be the, the, the third time around as well. So I can't recommend Jennifer enough. I, I did want to give her a shout out right off of the bat because she is just phenomenal. It's, it's as simple as that. And there are other Swain event family members who will say the exact same thing that she has worked with as well. So it's not just me and, and saying that because she runs some ads on the show. She, she has worked with several Swain event members and that uh, they they all have great things to say about Jennifer. So please reach out to her for all of your real estate needs. Uh, Tennessee basketball was playing basketball like they were Jennifer Morris on on Saturday with the way they dominated A and M, especially in that second half. You know, Tennessee got out to that quick start, Swain. Uh, what was it? Six nothing, eight nothing, something like that. Eleven three. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and then Wade Taylor doing Wade Taylor things again. I mean, the guy can't make a shot to save his life the last three games really any game this season from the perimeter, but against Tennessee, he can't miss. So kind of felt like deja vu there, uh, you know, from the 15-minute mark to 
what, the six, seven-minute mark uh, of the first half. It, it kind of felt like deja vu from that game in College Station. Uh, A&M was making threes that they typically do not make. They're not a good shooting team, but they seem to shoot well against Tennessee. At least they did in that first half. Uh, but Tennessee settled in, and uh, they they matched the physicality that was lacking the first time around, and they dominated Texas A&M on the boards, 50-35. to 35. Uh, A&M is statistically the best offensive rebounding team in the country. I believe they entered the night averaging 12 a game, if I'm not mistaken, if not a little bit more. And they held them the 10 offensive rebounds. So held the best offensive rebounding team in the country uh, below its average. Uh, Anderson Garcia, he he was first in the entire country in offensive rebounding as well with, with four and some change a game. That's more than Zach Eady. Yeah. which tells you everything you know about his ability to rebound the basketball. And he was held below his season average in offensive rebound, and he was held to two. Two. Uh, so, so Eight huge, overall. Huge, yes, two overall. Huge shout-out to Tobey and, and Jonas. Uh, you know, Dalton did their did his thing. And what Dalton finished with, 22? 24. 24? Yeah. It feels like Dalton didn't really even do anything in the game. Am I crazy for thinking that? I mean, it feels like it was a quiet night for Dalton, and here he has his 24, but – uh, so Dalton doing Dalton things. That, that's why he's a front win, front runner to win National Player of the Year. But to me, the oh, the storyline oh, was front Zakai Ziegler, National Player uh, of the Year. I, in the conversation, I'm I'm sorry, I okay. did misspeak. Zach Eady Boy, is the front don't do that to me, Ben. You got me all I'm, excited. I'm sorry. SEC Player of the Year. Okay, okay. But he is in the he's in what number two, number three behind Zach Eady yeah. in National Player of the Year conversation. Yeah. I I did miss misspeak. Thank you for correcting me. Um, but to, that was expected. To me, the story was the Kai Ziegler just playing phenomenal basketball, 14 assists, zero turnovers in a team high 35 minutes, and nine rebounds, nine points, flirting with a triple-double. He was phenomenal. And then if Jonas Adu and Zakai Ziegler play like that, along with Dalton giving you 20, 24 points a game, good luck beating this basketball team. I think that's the trio, Ben. Um for this team to be successful, I think it's Jonas Adu. I think it's Dalton. I think it's uh, Zakai Ziegler doing what he did, man. If his team plays like they play against Texas A&M with those three players bringing you production, um, very hard to beat. 72% from the free throw line, not bad, better. And you look at Texas A&M that came out shooting really hot. Uh, Wade Taylor, the Ford, kind of picked. Start, uh, picked up where he started off in the last meeting, but that was just in the first half. In the second half, everyone went cold. AM's leading scorer, uh, Boots Raffer, had 11 points. For the game, Texas AM shot 20% from, from three, uh, and Tennessee shot 35% from three. The room between where Tennessee is right now and peak, your peak. Dude, we're getting close, man. We're getting close because I asked Ron Slate, SEC Network, on Sunday, I asked Jimmy Dykes, who joined us on the nation on Sundays, hey, man, like, what else needs to happen for this team to peak? And consistency was brought up. Um, shooting free throws was brought up by Slay. And Tennessee, pretty good for the free throw line. Um, dominated the boards, took care of the basketball. Dalton Connect did Dalton Connect things, and we didn't have to worry about Dalton. Excuse me, didn't have to rely on Dalton. It was other guys that stepped up. Jonas Adu stepped up. Uh, you didn't need a ton of points from Zakai Ziegler because he was the puppet master. He was 
distributing the basketball, making sure everybody else had good shots and great spots. And so, ooh, hold on now. Good shots and great spots. Huh. Did did you just drop a bar? That that might need to be used during a coaching clinic, at a basketball coaching clinic. Point guard's job is to get your teammates good shots and great spots. Huh. That, that, that's such a great line. J. Cole may drop it in his new album next month. Uh, now, I'm going to let Rick Barnes hold that, man. That's 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 <laughs> exclusively for Rick Barnes. J. Cole can use it, but he got to pay me. I'll give it to Rick Barnes for free. Um, but just a great performance, man. Now it's about turning the page and tomorrow um, hosting an Auburn team that's deep, that's scrappy, that is desperate to try to get into the SEC um, championship race. And they say it's Bruce Pearl, Tennessee. I mean, you don't really need anything else to. <laughs> you don't. You don't need to say anything other than Bruce Pearl is coming back to Knoxville. Yeah, I mean, and that, that's that's really all you have to say. But and I, I, it's funny because I think Auburn and Tennessee are very similar. Yeah. I, I think they mirror each other in a lot of ways. Auburn's a little banged up right now with Jalen Williams. Not quite sure what his status is going to be uh, for Wednesday night's game. He had a funky looking fall yeah. about a week ago. Real bad. And. That that was a loss for Auburn, right? In that game, uh, Kentucky was that the loss to Kentucky? Oh yeah, they lost to Kentucky. Somewhere around that time frame, they lost. Uh, Jalen Williams had had a funky looking fall; his knee kind of went backwards, uh, and and they avoided uh, disaster in terms of injury news. They they the worst did not take place. Um, not sure. I didn't see whether he played over the weekend or not. I had baseball and basketball back to back. So no, he's gonna really be. He's to... gonna. Yeah. He, he when he got hurt versus Kentucky, they lost that game. Uh, they said he was going to be. He's gonna be out for for some some time. And so, uh, I don't. But I have not seen him ruled out definitively for Wednesday night. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll we'll see. I don't. I'm not sure when Bruce Pearl is speaking. Prior to the game, I would imagine it's sometime today. Rick speaks today at 1. I imagine Bruce speaks at some point today as well. If he didn't speak yesterday, I, I imagine we'll hear something definitive on that. But that, that's a key piece for Auburn. He, he's arguably their their best player, him and Janai Broom. Um, so they, they mirror – each team mirrors each other a lot, in, in my opinion. Uh, now, I, I think Janai Broom has maybe been a little bit more consistent than, than Jonas Adu this season, uh, but that'll be a fun matchup. And and I think another guy we should have mentioned in terms of reflecting on the A&M game, Swain, is Tobey Awaka was phenomenal. And he he's turning a corner, it, it looks like. I heard Coach Rod Clark uh, talking with Vince and John yesterday morning during Sports Talk on 99.1 The Sports Animal, and uh, he was talking about Tobey. And from his vantage point, he thinks that Tobey is not being as hard on himself because Tobey is a perfectionist. He's expected more from himself this season, and he was maybe being a little bit too hard on himself, and that's what was leading to some struggles there. And of late, he's he's found some confidence. He's he's not being as hard on himself. And uh, you and I talked about it about a month ago that didn't really know if Tobey would turn a corner this season, but you knew it was in there, and if if they could get to the end of the regular season, if they could get it out of him by the time the regular season rolled around, that that just makes this basketball team even more dangerous. And you're starting to see that the last couple of games. Now, it's been against four basketball teams in Missouri and Arkansas and Vanderbilt. And I don't think A&M is a very good basketball team, quite frankly. I mean, they're on the verge of 
playing average. average average on their best night. Uh, I mean, they're, they're about they're to be in the NIT. They're NCAA bubble team. You can't say that they're average at best. Well, the, the Tennessee student section said they're an NIT team, uh, Swain. So uh, the student section, which was on fire on Saturday. Let me give Thompson Bowen Arena at Food City Center on the summit. It's flowers. Uh, the arena was absolutely rocking on on Saturday night. Uh, kudos to, to everybody there. It, it was a really, really fun environment. Uh, but I, I want to see Tobey take it to Auburn and take it to uh, Alabama in Tuscaloosa on Saturday uh, against these big time teams coming up. That that would give me more confidence that Tobey has truly turned the corner. It looks like he has. It really does. But I want to see him take it against some of the best teams in the conference in, in the country. Because if, if that is truly what it looks like it is between him and Jonas and being able to go to that too big lineup if you need to, that that's just another weapon, uh, another club in the bag for Rick Barnes as he approaches March. That that's another way that Tennessee can win basketball games, and and that's kind of what the NCAA tournament's about is having multiple ways to win basketball games because you don't know who you're going to play, nope. you don't know the matchup, nope. you don't know what you're going to run into. But if you have multiple multiple clubs in your golf bag, then that's multiple ways that that you can win. And uh, it, it looks like that two big lineup with Jonas and and Tobey is really something that they're going to be able to count on moving forward. Yeah, no doubt, man. No doubt. I like Jonas at the high post. He can he can stroke that uh, 17, 18 footer right there. If you need to take a step back, he can. He can shoot that three. He has a shot a ton. I think he shot like 15 threes on the year. Uh, don't need him to shoot that because we got other guys that can shoot it, but like he still spaces the floor to where you still have to respect him being able to make that shot from the top of the key, and then you allow Toby Walker uh, to, to work block to block. I mean, several times he pinned his guy right in front of the rim and just turned over the left shoulder. Easy, easy basket. So, uh, love the double big lineup from the Missouri game. Great adjustment by Rick Barnes because um, Missouri's rebounding. Worst in the SEC, Tennessee was able to exploit that. 865-255-03 is our telephone number. The Baby Chevrolet text box is flowing this morning. Vol fan says the KD Johnson show is always entertaining when watching Auburn play. Uh, I hope the train wreck version of KD Johnson shows up, but not the version that hits ridiculous, never should have been taking shots. I also think Zakai will have his way against Aiden Holloway. Holloway. Yeah, Katie Johnson, man, he's uh, he's entertaining because he plays with this fire that every coach in America you would want, but he takes the crappiest shots at the worst time sometimes, and he it's like that one person who can't read the room, and he comes in and says something and does something that's uh, the timing is off, man. You probably should have waited to do that. Uh, Katie Johnson will let it fly, man. He will shoot you out of a game. He will shoot you into a game. He will take crazy shots. But we've seen him be a big part of big Auburn wins, and we've seen him play poorly when when Auburn has lost. I don't recall him having a good game in Knoxville. I don't think he's done that. Uh, D.R. Vall, who do y'all want to beat more, Bruce or Auburn? For me, it's about Auburn. Bruce has been down down there almost a decade. Yeah, I don't don't have any ill will towards – towards Bruce. The, the better question is, would you rather be 
Auburn on Wednesday night. Would you rather lose to Bruce Pearl? Or would you rather lose to Alabama on Saturday? Which one would you rather be? I, I think that answer is pretty obvious. Well, here's a question for D.R. Ball. You still crying over Bruce Pearl or not? Uh, D.R. Ball's still he, he, got his petitions going, I'm sure. You still crying over Bruce Pearl or not? Because Tennessee has a coach that just locked up 800 wins. Only one active coach in college basketball has more. Nobody in the SEC has won more games since 2017 than Tennessee. That's fact. So, and 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 it's fair to point out that this era of Tennessee basketball probably should have had more success in March. There's no denying that. But both things can be true at once. Uh, and and I'm saying this so we don't go down the rabbit hole of uh, of the whole Rick and March conversation. Go. It you, you can appreciate what Rick does in the regular season and be really proud of what Tennessee has accomplished in the regular season while also wanting more in the NCAA tournament. Both feelings can happen at the same time. On Katie Johnson, I think it'd be good for Tennessee if Katie Johnson makes a couple of quick baskets early because yeah, that that, that means he's going to feel like he's Michael Jordan yep. all of a sudden and, and start taking those bad shots. I, there, there was a funny tweet. Uh, a couple of weeks ago from a uh, carry on Johnson, the former Auburn running back, running back in, in North Alabama native, uh, former Huntsville native. Although I think he was technically Madison, Alabama mm. native. If, if we're being technical, uh, what Farragut is to Knoxville, oh. um, but carry on, I'm paraphrasing, but he said he was glad that uh, Katie Johnson missed the shot because he didn't want Katie to, act like he was Michael Jordan in his prime for the next five minutes after making that shot. Dude. So it, it would be good. It would actually be a good thing for Tennessee. If, uh, if Katie Johnson made some early shots because he, he, he does turn into what he thinks is prime MJ and prime LeBron combined and uh, starts jacking up shots left and right that he does not need to be taken. So that, that wouldn't be the worst thing for Tennessee. Heat check time. All right, let's get to the phones. 865-255-03. Good morning. Who do we have with us? Uh, this is a uh, DR Barnes. D.R. Vol, what's up? What's going on, guys? Good to talk to you as always. No, I had to call in, and uh, I gave up Bruce. Uh, Bruce is dead to me. Oh, that's pretty harsh. But, like, I get what you're saying. Like, Bruce is not your coach anymore. I'm glad you I'm glad you figured that point out. That, that's I'm, good. Glad, I'm yeah. glad you came around a decade later, D.R. Vol. <laughs> well, you know, my, my mom always said I was a little slow. But, you know, I'm trying okay, to enjoy this year because – yeah, yeah, that's true. I'm enjoying this year, and I'm just looking at a different perspective. Uh, I want to enjoy the regular season. Honestly, Phil Barnes just coaching different, and this team's different. I, I know a lot of that's got to do with Dalton Connect, but I don't know. I feel like a change man, guys. I feel like in that scene, oh, Brother Warthow, doesn't get baptized, and he's like, come cows. on in, the water's fine. <laughs> I, don't remember, I don't remember that movie. I remember one part. That's when he was shooting the cows. Cows. No, 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 not that part. (laughs) But, guys, you both know why I'm such a big Pearl fan. He's, I mean, he called my brother. Uh, I I, I love the guy. But I've given him up. He's not actually dead to me. But you know what I mean. I'm enjoying Barnes, and I want him to get to 900. But here's my question. I'll hang up. And, Swain, you've been watching basketball a little bit longer than me as far as Tennessee basketball. Where does the guy rank for y'all? Not necessarily the best point guard, but most fun to watch in a Tennessee basketball history as far as point guards go. I mean, Tony Harris is pretty fun to watch. See, I don't remember the, that, those guys. Fine. 
Yeah, he's 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 fun to watch. I mean, and I've watched basketball, Tennessee basketball, probably like a little bit before I got there. Um, so there's probably some other people that will chime in uh, and give you some good answers too. But like I remember Tony Harris, uh, Ron Slade's part of that team. Um, dude, I'm sorry, man. Kenny Chandler in that one year was pretty damn fun to watch. Um, he's up there for me. Yeah, you know, Jordan Bone was was fun to watch because when he played, he was the fastest point guard in the country. When he would get the the defensive rebound, and he would take it coast to coast. He was a one man fast break. He was he was fun to watch. Um, when when Lamonte was in with that Mamba killing mentality, uh, he he was he was fun to watch. Um, but I understand what you're saying about Zakai because He's- Zakai Zakai. So we had Zakai on uh, the locker room a couple weeks ago. And kind of off off camera before we went live, I was like, "Hey man, you you do understand like you got to be the guy that kind of like like you gotta you gotta be the guy for this team to do what it's supposed to do." Do you do you know that? Like, I wasn't trying to like coach him or anything, but I was just asking him like, "Do you know that you got to have good nights for this team to to reach its potential?" He's like, "Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know." I know, and it was kind of it was at right. It was a little bit after that South Carolina game. Uh, it was obviously after the Texas A and M loss, but those guys every Sunday leading up to the second Texas A and M meeting, they were like, "Yeah, we 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 know what we got to do. We we can't wait for them to come." You know, Dalton said that, uh, Zakai said that. So Zakai understands like how he needs to play, and I think since Rick had that talk with him. Dude has been dude's been really, really good. Now the Missouri game, he wasn't good. He wasn't and good enough. Rick yeah. Rick talked to him a second time. Yeah, he wasn't and, good enough. And told him that he, he needs to he got on to him. Uh, yeah. Rick and Zakai both said that Rick was hard on, on Zakai coming out of that Missouri game and look at how he responded again. Yep, yep, yep. So yeah, Zakai, man, it's 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 the pressure he puts on the opposing point guards. It's his ability to shoot the gaps. Um him handling the ball, knowing where everyone is, going around the, the basket, dropping the ball off in the paint to a big, a big. Uh, he's he's just been so fun to watch, man. He really has been. There, there's not a point guard in the country. I'm taking over Zakai Ziegler. Well, we can talk about the Marquette point guard if if you want, but when you take into consideration his ability on the floor, paired with the intangibles off the floor, his toughness, his mindset, his leadership. I I've truly never seen somebody with the mindset that he that he has. I mean, it, it's it's really second to none, quite frankly. And when when you pair the two, I, I just have a hard time thinking that there's another point guard you would rather have leading your team than than Zakai Ziegler. So Dr. Ball for me, I grew up in the Bruce era. That that was my first taste of of Tennessee basketball. For me, he's off the top of my head since I started following Tennessee basketball in depth, which was probably when I was in middle school, um, fourth, fifth grade or so. I mean, he I think off the top of my head, he's the best point guard that I've that I've seen at Tennessee over the last 15, 20 years. I'm I'm glad you said that, Ben, because I try not to be a victim of recency bias, but. To me, he's got to be the best point guard I've seen. I love Jordan Bone watching him play. He was fun, but 
The guy's going to go down to one of my top five favorite balls. Wayne Chisholm is my goat. I just love watching him play. <laughs> and, you know, probably tied with Lofton. But he's going to be a top five for me, guys. And I think him being short helps his uh, mentality. He's got the chip on his shoulder. And he's just so damn fun, guys. I, I, I love the guy. I hope we get him three more years. Well, unfortunately, you only get him one more year after this one but he he is certainly one of the all-time fan favorites I, I think really in any sport on Tennessee's campus quite frankly I mean he right. and his story helps with that right like if if he came in as a five-star like Kennedy did then he's probably not as beloved as much because what you're seeing from him is what you would have expected his expectations were different when he got here he, he has turned into a five-star player so to speak, over the course of, of his career. The fact that he came in as a as a three-star and was thrown in late in the process, Rick Barnes thought he was going to redshirt him, and he comes in and, and he's balling from day one, and he has his mindset from day one. I think that adds to his story very much like Jawan Jennings. I know Jawan was was highly ranked, unlike Sakai, but just in terms of the the mentality and the work ethic and his immediate impact out of the gates, that that to me adds why adds to why Sakai Ziegler is one of the all time fan favorites because Kennedy had similar production as a freshman, but it was it was viewed differently because he was a five star and he came in with the expectations to do what he did. Zakai would still be an all-time fan favorite, but I do think that that adds to his story that because he came in not as highly ranked, without any expectations, nobody had any idea who Zakai Ziegler was when when he committed. Nobody cared about Zakai Ziegler when he committed, quite frankly. And so when when you don't have that coming in, I I think that that helps your, your, your story grow even more, so to speak. I, and that's a great comp with John. And I'll say this hop off here. Every time Sakai does something, I feel like Booby Miles' uncle. And he can rebound, too. Yeah, have a good day, guys. See you. Man, you, you, uh, I agree with everything you, you said. The only thing I would uh, disagree with, you said that um, he's loved more because not a five-star. And I honestly think if he was a five-star coming in, he would be loved even more. Because we love really? our five, we love our five stars, Ben. We he wouldn't be here anymore. Why not, J- Josiah? Here, you can't you can't assume a five star wouldn't be here. Correct. Okay, but Zakai has had more production earlier in his career than Josiah has. I understand that, but if Zakai was a five star coming in. He would have been loved longer. Like, he would have been loved before he got to campus. Like, we didn't really know Zakai. That, that love wasn't there for Zakai before he got to campus. We started loving him when we started to see him play. When you sign and get five-star commitments at Tennessee, we love you before you even play. Like, Nico was loved even before he took a snap. <laughs> like, that's, that's what I mean. So... If Zakai was a if Zakai was a five star and he was playing the way he's been playing, oh, yeah. I mean, you're yeah. you're not wrong yeah. at all. But in this hypothetical world of him being a a five star, he's a one and done. We, we know how basketball 
works with, with these five stars. 90% of the time, we can point to Josiah Jordan James, but the vast majority of the time, these five stars, whether they need to stay in college or not, they are dead set on one and done, turning pro no matter what, because they have a reputation entering college. Look at Jaden Springer, Keon Johnson, Kennedy Chandler, Julian Phillips, four or five stars that should have come back to school. And I know Jaden is kind of hanging around on the end of, I guess now the Celtics bench after he got traded, but just vaguely speaking, those are four G leaguers right now who should have come back to college. So in this hypothetical world of Zakai being a five-star, I think it's more likely than not because in this hypothetical, world of him being a five-star he would have had a reputation coming in like those other guys I mentioned of, of what they were able to do in high school and they would have been hyped up and, and we know the NBA loves to draft on love loves to draft these five stars even if they didn't do anything in their freshman year of college he would not have been here very long yeah he's five nine he would have been here yeah how tall is Kennedy uh six six foot which is taller than on five a good nine. day okay. on a good day okay uh, but that's also, but again, that's why the five nine <laughs> part is why Zakai is not a five star and why he got over overlooked. But I, I, but if he was a five star, he would not be here for for three years because these these kids and maybe Zakai would have been different. We don't know for sure. But the, these kids they they are dead set on turning pro before they even step foot on campus. And all four of those guys should have come back to school for another year. No, they shouldn't. Why? Band. Where are they now? Uh, the rich playing basketball. Okay, they're rich. They Not they also would have developed. They would have developed more with another year. They still would have got the same bag, and they would have been more likely to stick around in the league had they had one more year of development. In my opinion. oh, buddy, that bag would have been different. How that that bag would not have been the same. Uh, ben so you don't think Jaden and and uh, Keon would have been a first round pick a year later? I don't think. Uh, NIL bag would have been the same bag that they got. They got going to NBA. I I never said NIL. So you said you said the bag would be the same. I'm saying the bag would have been there a year later. If they weren't such in a rush to get the bag, and would have focused on their development a little more while they were in the development phase, then I think they would have been more prepared to stick around and earn more bags long-term than rushing to get the bag. That's the problem with our society. It's always money, 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 money. How can we get to the money the quickest? And you ruin your development with that mindset. Yeah, I remember us having a conversation about Kenny Chandler making this decision to go to the NBA. I remember us being on, on page here with how he made the right decision because he can develop every single day, not have to go to class at that level um, and go get paid. Now, and in hindsight, I think that I, I think I was wrong okay. with that opinion. Okay. And, and I think that that decision was wrong. Okay. No, I get, okay. I understand. Now, that. I think, I, understand I that. think the one that you could argue that was a non, like, I think Keon, I thought I can think you can argue that was a no brainer. Cause what, he was a top 15 pick. Yeah. And like, how much was his stock going to rise at with another year? But like Julian Phillips, you tell me he shouldn't have come back for another year. No. Well, not not come back here, but go back to, <laughs> <laughs> go to another uh, come back to college. No, no, no. We we got Dalton out of the situation. I mean, I mean <laughs> Kennedy was a second round pick. I mean, I get it. If, if you if you come back and 
play one more year and develop a little bit. Well, now I, I think Kennedy's <coughs> problem was was size and 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 defense. But what would another year of defense under Rick Barnes have done for him? <laughs> then he wouldn't look like a traffic cone out there for the Grizzlies. He would have been better. That's that's for sure. But he wouldn't have been paid. Because I I know what the highest dude in basketball nil was paid. I, I know that number. They made the right decision to go to the league. It's more. 865-255-03. I do understand your King Chandler point, but the rest of them I get. All right, we'll go to the phones after our quick timeout here on the Swain Events. Swain Events, Fuel by Dan Barbecue. Great conversation with my man, Ben McKee. Oh, you better drink that Celsius, buddy. You're going to need it. You're going to need another. Swain Event, be right back. Craving some quality barbecue? There's only one place to go. Dead End Barbecue. Dead End Barbecue has been featured on ESPN's Taste of the Town, the first barbecue restaurant on the SEC Network, CBS Sports, Headline News Tailgate Show, Amazon Prime's The Restaurant Comeback, Food Paradise, and named one of the top 100 barbecue restaurants in America. The search is over. Dead End Barbecue is located on 3621 Sutherland Avenue right here in Knoxville. You can even have it delivered right to your door through Chow Now. Visit their website at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Hey, Vol Nation. This is Charlie Pratt, financial representative with Modern Woodman and MWA Financial Services. Modern Woodman has been touching lives and securing futures for 140 years. Being born and raised here in East Tennessee, I'm honored to help East Tennesseans in all phases of life with retirement planning, investments, and life insurance. A big win on Saturday starts with preparation early in the week. A secure financial future starts with planning today. Contact my office today at 865-919-6468 to review your financial plan and make sure you are on track for success. As always, go Vols. Registered representative and investment advisor representative offering securities and advisory services through NWA Financial Services, Inc., a wholly owned subsidiary of Modern Woodmen of America, member of INCRA, SIPC. What's up, Swain Event crew? Always happy to be with my friends in the morning. So, everybody has a next chapter in life, right? And sometimes that includes a move. Your next page may have a growing family, or maybe an empty nest, or possibly a move back home. When the time comes, I'll be here to help. Just give me a call. Jennifer Morris, Keller Williams Realty, 865-694-5904. And check out my website, nextmovesmokymountains.com. As always, go Vols! Just because you can't call in doesn't mean that you have to sit on the sideline. Impact the show with a text box. It's part of the free Swain Event app. All right, let's go to the phones. 865-255-03, Ben McKee. Go Vols 247. I'm Jason Swain, live in the Low T Center studio. Good morning. Who do we have with us? Good morning, guys. Hey, this is Mike from Conyers. What's, How you doing? What's up, Mike? Hey, man. I'm just loving watching these balls. I, I, I'm going to miss the guy Ziegler big time. I mean, I don't know, you know, next year, I guess we got to, I mean, I guess it'll be Jordan Ganey time and all that, but, uh, he's a junior. Man, he'll be I back next year. What, he'll be back next year. Oh, Zakai? Yeah. That's not his mentality though, but he'll be back next year. Okay. Well, I, I missed that one then. That's wow. I hope he does come back for our sake, not necessarily for his, but, um, I mean, what do you think his prospects are in the NBA at this point with his height? I think it's an issue. Yeah, yeah. I, I look. I look around the league. I look around the league. I don't. I don't see a lot of Zakai Ziegler. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I hate that, but yeah, no Bugsy Mogues or yeah, yeah. It's gonna be tough. Yeah, 
Hey, uh, I heard something, you know, interesting uh, on the game, the A&M game the other night about Tobey Walker, that he was, uh, I guess, a high IQ, high academic guy. He was recruited by all the Ivy League schools. Did I, did I hear that correctly? Yeah, he's, he's smart. Ben would know more about that. So um, it's interesting that he wanted to play for, you know, Rick Barnes. I guess he, he must be serious about trying to get to the NBA, if that's the case, to turn down, you know, an opportunity to go to an Ivy League school. Um, I'm, I know they don't give full ride scholarships based on merit or academics and strictly on a needs base, but he probably could have gotten some assistance if that was, you know, where he wanted to go. But, um, and the, but what I was really calling, I wanted to ask you guys about was, um, Sakai Ziegler, tell me a little bit about his, um, recruitment at Tennessee and how he ended up at Tennessee. I'll just hang up, listen to you guys. Enjoy hey, the show. Thanks. Hey, thank you. Thanks for the phone call. Thanks for holding throughout the break. Uh, Ben. Yeah, Rick Barnes was recruiting. I I believe the the tournament or the event was uh in the Northeast. Obviously Zakai was living in the in New York City at the time. I don't I don't know exactly where Zakai was. It seems like he bounced around uh New York City quite a bit. I think he lived in the Bronx at one point, lived on Long Island at, at one point as well. Um but he he was playing with an AAU program called the Lightning which is also where Tobey Awaka played and how Tennessee found Tobey Awaka. And uh, there, there's another young man, Amari Evans, who's currently playing with overtime elite in Atlanta that Tennessee really, really, really likes in the 2025 class. And uh, he, he has the same mentality as Zakai, which is why Tennessee loves this kid so much. So they've got a little pipeline brewing from Zakai. But the way I understand it was Rick was up there watching, uh, just watching uh, an event a tournament and Zakai just kept kind of <laughs> doing what Zakai does and uh, not there to watch Zakai, but uh, just kind of stood out to him in typical Zakai Ziegler uh, fashion. And the same kind of happened with Toby Awaka as well. From my understanding, Rick was there to uh, watch somebody else. The staff was there to watch somebody else. And this kid just kept grabbing rebound at the rebound at the rebound at the rebound at the rebound. And he, and he wasn't the tallest guy in the gym, but he was very physical. And uh, they ended up recruiting Tobey kind of late as well. And uh, to Mike's other question uh, about Tobey coming to Tennessee and taking a shot at basketball instead of going the Ivy League route, he, he wanted to play basketball. And he wanted to play basketball at the highest level. Uh, which is why he made that decision over going to an Ivy League school. But uh, both Tobey and Zakai, um, just watching them at different recruiting events. Uh, Rick and, and the staff saw them uh, play up up in the Northeast at an event. Uh, they saw Zakai play down at Peach Jam. Peach Jam, obviously, a, a huge tournament in the in the Southeast as well. Uh, that that's the AAU event e each and every summer. And uh, a great way to find guys like Zakai as as well. So uh, that that pipeline to the Lightning program has has really turned into a strong pipeline for them. I, I think Tennessee's in a good spot with the Amari Evans kid that I alluded to in the 2025 class. So um, very much a John Morant esque story in the sense of going to watch somebody else and that that other kid on the floor making as many plays, if if not more plays, than the guy that they went to watch and. Uh, Zakai Ziegler doing Zakai Ziegler things even as a junior and senior in high school. Mike Wilson wrote an article on, on Zakai, um, his recruitment, and uh, in the article, Zakai um, played against 
CP3's team, Chris Paul's team, and they, he has an organization based out of the Charlotte area, and he got hurt. Uh, got a big gash over his eye, down for a loose ball, and got it taped up, bandaged up, and kept playing. He scored 14 points versus that stack team of CP3 that's sponsored by, by Jordan. And his team was about to play in the finals. And so he had to go get like real stitches. So he got six stitches above his eye, uh, got a little something to eat. And in the team final dropped 23 points, seven, three pointers. And that was against a ton of five stars. So like that tournament, like you said, Ben, that was when Rick Barnes saw him and the rest is history. Eight six five two hundred fifty five zero three. I'm gonna go to the phones right quick, Ben. Let's see if, who we have here. Good morning. Cannon. 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 It's easy in Milwaukee, fellas. Good morning. What's up? What's up? What's up? Cannon. Ben, what's Cannon ben, Peoples what's doing right now? Ben, what's the hold up, man? We got to get this going, man. They not listening to you or what? It's Ben's fault. Yeah, they're they're, they're not listening. Uh, I I passed the idea along to the Lindsey ne- Lindsey Nelson Stadium press box, um, uh, a press box that quite frankly does not look like yourself or or Swain. <laughs> um, so I I don't think they understand the relevance. It's of, on people. Of the cannon it's on. He has to in. make the request, don't he? Yeah, but I haven't talked to Cannon Peebles. Uh, if, if if I do talk to him, I I will mention that to him. He he is somebody who likes to change his walk up song almost every day, so he is communicating with those people. But I, I went straight to the source and said, "Hey, this would be a good idea." I just don't think that they understand the, the relevance of the Cannon Cannon Cannon. I I'm getting back. Hey, DZ, I told Dalton Connect. I asked him why he didn't wear four. He was like, I don't know, man. I think when he was growing up, you know, such a joke. And you know how you get older, those same jokes don't even bother you. You kind of embrace it. Like back then, it probably got on his nerves. People called him Dalton Connect Four. But like now, it would be cool if he was number four. Well, yeah, absolutely. People, same thing, man. This is a great opportunity for him. You got to do it. It is. This is it is, but he's also. I don't want to look up what year he was born, so he may not even be aware that this is a thing. I got it. So that 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 could be a a thing. And again, I I mean, canon or not, I I I voiced the suggestion in the press box, and and it it seemed to have fallen on deaf ears. It's hard. So. We got time. It's, there's eighty three hundred more games left this season. <laughs> you have time to talk to him. Maybe he'll change his his mind, or he'll get hip to it, and we'll we'll hear. It. Well, I guess the main question is what what kind of walk up music does he have now? Is it does he listen to rap at all? It can possibly be influenced or he got that, yes, he got that Beyonce yes. country song probably. It, it, no country songs. It, it's been hip hop. Uh, again, he's changed his song quite a bit uh, early in the season, so I can't remember off the top of my head exactly what it is. But I remember me singing along to it and me knowing it. Uh, it, it was a hip hop song. I just can't remember which one. They do play this afternoon, so I will make a mental note to write it down, whatever it is, and I pass it along to the good people. Well, maybe you could throw a curveball and let them know that originally that Cannon sound 
came from Iron Man in a video game. So maybe this, um, the guy in the, you know, the guy upstairs that you've been talking to, maybe he's a video game nerd, and maybe that may sway him a little bit. If you add that's, that little that, tip, that, that's a good point. Let's see. Cannon Peebles uh, was born. Swain, you're not going to like this. He was born. Why don't I like it? Because he's young. Well, it doesn't list his birthday on his profile page on you on tennis on UT Sports. So I love we'll, young people. We'll save ourselves from feeling feeling old today. He is majoring in supply chain management. For anybody wondering out there, well, that's like UT's number one, uh, like one of their main uh, things, isn't it? I believe so. I think they're like think they're like. If I'm not mistaken, they might be like the number one university for supply chain management. Let's just say yes. We know. Okay. We winning in everything else right now. Look, there's a reason I majored in journalism, and Swain <laughs> majored in tennis or whatever PE sport they allowed him to take just so he could play football. Hmm. Yeah. Um, on Zakai, um, I was kind of, I've been kind of thinking about Zakai the last couple of days too, after watching that, he almost put in, you know, they were giving Wimby all those props for that five, 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 you know, game or whatever the other night. And uh, Zakai looked like he was trying to, do that himself. Um, what was it fourteen assists and no turnovers? That, that's crazy. That, that's insane. Uh, efficiency. Um, he's just getting better game by game. Jonas Adu um, getting better game by game. Um, I don't. I watched the entire game the other night. I don't know how Connect scored twenty four points, but <laughs> that dude just he just breathes points. He just breathes buckets basically. So. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to these last four games. Um, I think I told you guys I'll be in town um, next week for the Kentucky game. So I'll definitely uh, try to hit you guys up, um, hit you on the DM. I'll get in town on Thursday. So I'm not sure what your schedules are looking like next week, but definitely try to see if we can uh, hook up at some point. Let's do it, man. Appreciate the phone call, brother. Let us know when you make it in town, man. All right, for sure. Okay. Love, fellas. See you, man. Uh, walk up song would be for Neil and Mafia, Ted a Club uh, by Three Six Mafia. See, you can't, you can't, you can't do that. You gotta be. Wow, you gotta that'd be, be a locked. great walk up song. You gotta be locked in and focused. You can't get too hype. You can't, you can't listen. To I guess it depends on your personality because that is a good point. That that song may get you a little too hyped up. Yeah, man. That that is a good point. Yes, but that you- would be a if you if you take all the performance aspect out of it and just going for great walk-up song that would be a great walk-up yeah, song yeah man you, that, that that would hit hard inside of Lindsey nelson stadium as you're walking to the plate man i'll be swinging the first three pitches listen to that song <laughs> <laughs> i'll swing at the first three pitches man you know like the maybe, maybe that was maybe that was my problem is uh is is that i i had lose yourself by eminem as my walk-up song i, I was too hype at the plate I don't know if you ever seen like Tom and Jerry or like the little cartoons where there's a baseball scene that I would strike out on one pitch. I would swing at it three times while the ball's in the air. Listen to tear the club up. And that song is too hype. Way too hype. All right, let's go back to the phones. Good morning. Good morning, guys. What's up? What are you into, guys? Uh, hey, man, you you know what we into. <laughs> we, we over here talking 
Sports. You know, uh, the guy. I think I don't think he had a problem playing in in the NBA. I just don't. He's five seven. Like, uh, uh, Turkey man. Uh, uh, that's that's gonna be a problem. Well, you know, I, I don't see him having a problem playing over the big guys here in college. This ain't the I NBA. Mean, <laughs> Turkey man, there's a seven foot six player right now that handles the ball as a point guard. LeBron James runs point. He is six nine. Paul George can run point. He is six nine. Like if you ain't six five, six six, you better be really, really like Chris Paul. Okay. Chris Paul is a Short point guard. He's six foot, but like, Zakai's five seven, and Chris Paul is Chris Paul. So if 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 Zakai can be on Chris Paul's level, then okay. But it's just the 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 probability is just not in his favor. That's that's all. And there's a lot of football players that are playing in NBA who were told, "Hey, man, you you six two, you six three. That's not even tall enough." Like, the probability is really, really low. You might want to play football. So, like, I think Zakai will be an all-time great overseas. I think he'll play 15 years overseas and make a whole bunch of money and be a, a favorite. I think that's his in future. That's just my personal opinion. What about coaching? When he finishes playing, I see him being a coach. I mean, really, uh, you think about it, uh, I think he would be an outstanding coach. I think that might be a good good direction to look at it. But I still think he's got a shot in the NBA, but hey, that's me. And uh, we'll see. But he'd be on my team if I was, if I was, if I was looking at, at someone. And uh, But uh, what, what did you think about checkered uh, of the uh, – the basketball stadium, what it looked like, what did you, uh, the atmosphere looked good on TV, but it didn't have the same appearance on TV as Checker Nealon does on TV. But uh, what did you guys from inside think about it? They was at the game. I wasn't. I thought it looked great. I, I thought it looked really, really neat. It, it is harder to tell on TV than football. Uh, because they they have the the fancy lights that light up the floor and kind of dim the seating, so you don't really see the crowd nearly as much as you do in in football. But it, inside of the building, it, it looked really really great. It, it looked as great as it does for for football. Uh, obviously, it's totally different thing um, and venue sport, but it, it it stood out. It popped just like it does stand out and pop in football. Did, uh, did you get any pictures uh, that might be put up uh, on uh, I, social media? I think I, I tweeted one out at Tip Off. If I'm not I mistaken, I, I missed it. I missed it. If anyway, not, I, I'll uh, uh, I'll slide in your Facebook DMs, Turkey Man, and and, and send you a photo of it. Facebook. Huh? That'd, be, that'd be great. The other thing on uh, football, and, and I'll get out. But uh, what do you really uh, think about the playoffs? Do you think that uh, all said and done, that the final two best teams will be playing, uh, you know, over the over the past 
uh, we can kind of go on to the best two teams are playing. Uh, what do you think about that? With this, with you think we'll get the best two teams at the end of the season after having a uh, a twelve till twelve uh, team playoff, and also uh, will any any uh, good teams get left out uh, over a someone that's not as good uh, because they won an, won their conference championship or. And that's, I reckon they're locked in if they're eight and four or five and two or whatever. If they're in the championship game of their conference, the way I understand it, then they're locked in. Is that correct? If you win your conference, yeah. So it doesn't matter the schedule. I mean, you're, you know, it doesn't matter what your record is. I mean, if you if you win your conference, you're probably going to have a good record. Turkey man. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that, that hasn't been that hasn't been the SEC past. Now, I mean, we've we've had that, yeah. but but also we had an eight and something team playing from the east against the west. I remember really. Uh, yes, but that the the way the new standings are with Texas and Oklahoma coming in the lead, that that's not going to happen anymore because there there's no longer an SEC East and an SEC West. So. Top two teams in the Big SEC 10? overall will go to the SEC championship game. So, an eight and four team, like we we have had an eight and four, nine and three team in the past. I think a Florida team recently right. did that, played in the SEC championship game. That won't be happening anymore just because the East and the West are going away. Well, wasn't Purdue or something like that playing in the Big Ten not too long ago? Uh, you know, against uh, like Ohio State or somebody like that. Yeah, I think yes. I think yeah, I think that I think uh Purdue I mean just like this year, Turkey Man, and thanks thanks for the phone call, All buddy. Right, it's good to hear from you. Like this year Iowa played against Michigan and Iowa had a good record, but you know, they wasn't wasn't that wasn't that good. When you're adding teams to the Big Ten, like a USC, like a UCLA, you got Oregon entering the league, you got other teams entering the league, like it's gonna be harder to have a bad record and be a conference champion. Like Will one year be different? Yeah, possibly. I mean, there's going to be a year where a team that's that's nine and three may may not get in, or a team that's eight and four may get in. Every year is different, and it depends on the teams around them. Um, LSU won the national championship, losing two games. The reason why is because everybody else couldn't win when they needed to, and LSU was able to take advantage of other schools losing at a certain time. So. Uh, yeah, like for the most part, if if you find yourself nine and three or better, yet you, you gotta have a really really good shot of making it. If you are in the SEC, if you are at a smaller conference, then you, you're probably gonna have to win your conference um, to have a better shot. So every every year, I think is going to be to be different. A six five two hundred fifty five oh three. Yeah, man, Zakai is five seven. What he's doing is 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 unbelievable, but the NBA is the NBA. <laughs> like it's it's the best of the best of the best. And as great as Grant Williams was here, like Grant has had changed his game completely to be a perimeter player <laughs> and be able to shoot the ball, even have a chance. So, 
Now, I will say, to end the conversation on a positive note, I do agree with everything that you said, and I would be surprised if Sakai sticks in the NBA. But if there was a player to buck the trend, it's Zakai. it would be Zakai. Yeah. Well, Jared Harper had an opportunity. He's playing in the summer league. But, like, we're talking, like, getting on the roster, staying on the roster, like, You'll have an opportunity. The thing with Zakai is he can defend. That, that's what will help him. Yeah. J- Jared Harper couldn't guard a traffic cone out, out there on the floor. And so that may help Zakai. I think that will help Zakai potentially. And Zakai will get those summer league opportunities and, and maybe even a G League opportunity. Uh, the, the Grizzlies just had a, a little guy as, as well playing on the team, but that's because they have a million injuries. Uh, but I, I don't even think he was 5'7". I think he was more like Kennedy Chandler size. Um, so the Zakai is compared to some of those smaller guys that have come through of late Swain. I think Zakai's overall game is better than, than those guys like Jared Harper. Um, but it, it's a tough road ahead for him, but may, maybe the defense is what will help him stick around because he is a pest on that end. Maybe he can be a smaller version of, of Pat Bev who shoots better. I don't know. Going to the text box here in the Swain event after this. You're listening to the Swain event. And you know this, man. Here in Knoxville, we love it when a squirrel's in the checkerboards. But when there's a squirrel in our attic, that's all sides. When that happens, call Alpha Wildlife. They're Knoxville's veteran-owned and operated wildlife removal company. When unwanted critters put their feet up on your coffee table, call 865-224-6555. Let the Tennessee fans at Alpha Wildlife evict those unwanted tenants and set your home up with a winning defense to keep that wildlife where it belongs. That's Alpha Wildlife at 865-224-6555. They have locations in Nashville, Memphis, Chattanooga, and in parts of South Carolina. Check them out online at alphawildlife.com. Fellas, it's a new year. Low T Center can make it a great one. If you've been feeling tired and grumpy, have noticed a lack of motivation and drive, you may have low T. Low testosterone levels can cause weight gain, loss of muscle mass, and so much more. I recommend Low T Center. It's where I get my levels tested. They make it quick and easy to get your levels checked, and it's only $25. And with their on-site lab, you'll get your results back in about 25 minutes. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment online. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. What's up, Swain Event crew? Always happy to be with my friends in the morning. So, everybody has a next chapter in life, right? And sometimes that includes a move. Your next page may have a growing family, or maybe an empty nest, or possibly a move back home. When the time comes, I'll be here to help. Just give me a call. Jennifer Morris, Keller Williams Realty, 865-694-5904. And check out my website, nextmovesmokymountains.com. As always, go Vols! Looking for a different way to enjoy the show? Yes! Then check out Swain Event TV on YouTube. Hey there, Swain Event fam. If you're currently renting and just about priced out of your place, give me a call. Jennifer Morris with Keller Williams Realty at 865-257-7897. You may be able to buy a home and have monthly payments less than your rent. And wouldn't you rather pay your own mortgage than someone else's? Hope to hear from you soon and go Vols! Sit up in your chair, Ben McKee. About to go to the text box this morning. Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue. 
Mike from Conyers says Spud Webb was 5'6". Granted, that was a different era. Uh, correct. Vault fan says, hypothetical. Ben, you've been on hypotheticals today. This, this is for you. Tennessee versus Purdue for the championship. Who is the rest of the country cheering for? Two teams, coaches with the narrative of unperforming, or excuse me, yeah, underperforming in March. Both coaches are good guys. I would say Barnes has truly been hit with bad luck with injuries in March. No Zakai Ziggler last year. No Cal Alexander another year. You could say Tennessee has even underperformed given talent and injuries. Purdue has been the number one seed multiple times and gone out in the first weekend. Um, I think, well, question is who would the country cheer for? Tennessee, Purdue, championship. Ah, I don't know, man. There's a lot of Tennessee haters, man, because of the court ruling and fans. But there's a lot of Tennessee lovers, too, because of the court ruling uh, as well. I don't know if outside folks are loving Tennessee because of their fans um, or our fans. I think Rick Barnes hitting 800 wins. I think. I think the, the the nation will gravitate more towards Zakai Ziegler being five seven, being led by a team with a short player than a guy who's seven six, seven four, and Zach Eady. Like, I I think people would probably lean more towards Tennessee on this one. That's I think it depends on where you live. I think Big Ten country would be rooting for Tennessee. I think SEC country would be rooting for Purdue. Now, I, I do wonder, like Texas coming into the league, do they want to see Rick Barnes win a national championship? Do they want to see him get over the hump when he couldn't at Texas? They 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 should want Rick Barnes to, to win. But will they? What all Rick did for that program. Do you want to see Bruce Pearl win a national championship? Do I want Bruce Pearl win a national championship? No. No, I, I don't. Different circumstances but a similar situation to me i i think that's how texas fans would feel if if i was texas i wouldn't want rick barnes to win a national championship you don't want to see your ex doing better than you mm, i think it's i think the situation different now I, I i i do think that yeah that is different because i guess texas although the wording was not that they fired him. What they mutually parted ways, I think, was the technical. They fired Rick Barnes. Wording, but fired they, they fired Rick Barnes. So, so Bruce that, I guess himself. that is a little bit different in that sense that they that they essentially fired him. So it's their own doing, rather than the NCAA's doing or him leaving, like Chris Beard left Texas Tech for Texas or something like that. Uh, but I, I do think there's a segment out there of people, maybe not tied to the SEC, that would like to see Rick Barnes win a national championship that that would be a feel-good story to see rick barnes make it to the final four and compete for a national championship after all these years of of people questioning his ability as a coach because of his tournament record and mm -hmm. losing earlier than he should mm. more often than not that that would be a great great storyline for for this march i, I think and, and i think that would uh, captivate some people but generally speaking big 10 country would root for Tennessee and I think SEC country uh, would root for Purdue. Now, yeah. I should. think teams that have played Purdue and understand how frustrating it is to play Purdue because of that 
Frankenstein playing in the post and the way he is officiated. I, I, I think, I think teams that, that have played Purdue would like to see Tennessee win. Maybe I know Alabama played Purdue, so they probably don't want to see Tennessee win a natty over them, Definitely but not. Uh, the, the other teams on Purdue's schedule that had to deal with Frankenstein and, and the rest, I, I'm sure that they would like to see Tennessee beat them. Don't say Frankenstein again, man. I almost, I almost lost it. Um, DR Ball wants you to read his hypothetical. You can read it. You got to turn your mic on. You can read it. Well, I'm I'm proofing it first before I read it because you never know what D.R. Vaughn is going to say. It's one sentence, Ben. It's D.R. Vaughn, okay? You you be quiet. I'm doing the right thing. Hypothetical, Tennessee plays a Catholic school in the tourney. Will Swain leave the nuns alone so we can win? Uh, My daughter goes to a Catholic school, so I don't mess with with nuns. Um, She's there to play basketball. That's that's not the only reason she's there. Um, But... Um, that's the game that the Cal, answer is yes. The, the, I, you the, know, the, I think the, it's, the, the answer is Cal Alexander did not play in that game, and we stunk. I had nothing to do with that game. Well, here's the actual answer I think it is on us as a Swain event family to prevent Swain from putting his foot in his mouth. So it is on us that if there is a a mascot of sorts or an easy way to pick on a team that Tennessee plays in the tournament, it is on myself. I think I have a large responsibility in this because I have the microphone, unfortunately, to stop you from, from going down that road again. I think it's on the listeners to communicate over the text box, communicate over Twitter, to encourage you to just keep your mouth shut and not pop off at the mouth and, and put us in a bad situation, put us in a sticky situation. It, it, it is on us as a Swain event family to prevent you from putting your foot in your mouth and costing Tennessee because we know that you are the reason that Tennessee lost to Loyola Chicago. No. No, Grant Williams only having 12 points in 34 minutes. Um. That's probably something to do with that game. Um, I know one thing. Tennessee if Tennessee made, does lose early. Throws, that probably has something to do with that game. You jinxed them. I ain't jinxed anybody. Which uh, which number one seed would you, which projected number one seed would you most want to be matched up with right now? I think it's easy to say the the not team UConn. you want to least be matched up with is UConn. <laughs> not, not UConn. <laughs> But in terms of, I guess right now it's what Houston, not Houston, uh, Purdue. Okay, but I mean they're they're number one seeds for a reason. So you got to pick the lesser of the evils. It's it's Houston. Uh, I'll pull up Joe Joe Lenardi. It's Houston, Purdue, and the other one, I guess Kansas right now maybe. Yeah, that, I, well, give me Kansas. Ones rotating. We'll put them hands. Yeah, I'll take Kansas. Kansas. Yeah, I'll put them hands on Kansas. Although Hunter Dickinson, man, I, I don't know that I want to deal with him again. No, no, we we want to deal with him again. Right now, Lenardi has. Arizona as that fourth number one seed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Caleb Love, he'll shoot you out of a game. He'll shoot you in. He'll shoot you out of a game like Katie Johnson shoots Auburn out of basketball games. Caleb Love about to be Pac-12 player of the year. How how annoying is Katie Johnson going to be on Wednesday night? Uh, Only if he's making shots. He's annoying whether he's making shots or not. Wow. 
He's annoying the Auburn fans if he's missing shots. <laughs> Auburn fans can't stay KD Johnson when he's missing shots. I mean, it's truly laughable how bad of a shot he takes sometimes. Terrible. Like it's it's unfathomable that a college basketball player could take as bad a shot as he takes sometimes. It's it's truly incredible. I mean, I just I, I love the awareness that he has. He's I mean, he, he can miss four and be like, "Yo, I'm Steph Curry. I'm gonna make the fifth one." The lack of awareness is no, what I would. That, you, you're not Steph, that, my man. That, that to me sounds like stupidity well, instead that's of awareness. That's that's what I'm saying. I love. I love. Now I, I I do want to give Katie Johnson a little bit of respect. He he is a, a very fiery personality, and uh, he, he is although frustrating to watch at times for Auburn fans. I, I do think he is also a little bit of a fan favorite just because of the the fiery energy that he plays with. He, he is a spark plug and, hard. and he can come up big on the defensive end. So he, he, there's a reason he plays a lot. And there's a reason that Bruce gives him a little bit of freedom more than he should. Uh, I, I, I would want him on my team. No doubt about it. I would take him on my team. I'm not giving him the green light that Bruce gives him, but I would want that type of player on my team. Who plays hard, scrappy, Plays with emotion, intensity. Could you imagine him on this Tennessee defense out on the perimeter with with what Tennessee already has? Yeah, man, I think he would I don't be think like anybody would ever score against. I think Tennessee. he would be like Mayshack. It's like, hey man, we you shoot it when you open, open. Like we know you can make them, but we got other guys that can shoot it better at a higher percentage. We would prefer those guys shoot it first. But if you're open, open, you can shoot it. That's how I would handle kd johnson but hey man he, he, he's fun to watch man when um when he's playing the game like like a pat bell or or playing the game the way it's supposed to be played in terms of just energy and effort so uh 865-255-03 all right last segment coming up on the other side going back to the text box 865-255-03 Bim and Key Go Vols 247. I'm Jason Swain. Stay with us. Don't go anywhere. What's up, Swain Event family? It's great to be on board. This is Taylor Hawkins with Modern Woodman Fraternal Financial, and I have one question for you. When was the last time you have slowed down and evaluated your financial situation? Just like the Vols, a great game plan leads to victory. Let us help you achieve your financial goals with a custom-made game plan. No matter what stage of life you're in, protecting your family and hard-earned money is important. So let one of our local and trusted financial professionals secure your future by visiting one of our 10 branch offices across Tennessee or give us a call locally at 865-312-5638. And remember, go Vols. Registered representative and investment advisor representative offering securities and advisory services through NWA Financial Services, Inc., a wholly owned subsidiary of Modern Woodmen of America, member of INCRA, SIPC. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss stem cell treatment and PRP. If you have orthopedic injuries, you should give them a call. That's right, Jason. We specialize in regenerative non-surgical orthopedics. So we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints by using ultrasound-guided injections with stem cells or PRP. And this form of treatment actually stimulates the body's own reparative process and allows for healing of the damaged tissue. So, Doc, what makes your training different than others? Well, Jason, I've been practicing 
in Knoxville for 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. At Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own bone marrow stem cells or PRP. So in other words, it comes from you and it goes back to you. So you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, trsportsmedicine.com, East Tennessee's leader in PRP and stem cell therapy. When you are craving some quality barbecue, there's only one place to go, Dead End Barbecue. Dead End Barbecue has been featured on ESPN's Taste of the Town, the first barbecue restaurant on the SEC Network, CBS Sports, Headline News Tailgate Show, Amazon Prime's The Restaurant Comeback, Food Paradise, and named one of the top 100 barbecue restaurants in America. The search is over. Dead End Barbecue is located on 3621 Sutherland Avenue right here in Knoxville. You can even have it delivered right to your door through Chow Now. Visit their website at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. The conversation doesn't stop when the show is over. Follow the Swain event on Twitter and like this show on Facebook. Key, go boss two four seven. I'm Jason Swain. Um, big day for the McKees. Thanks to Jennifer Morris, the Keller Williams Realty Group. If you are a homeowner and looking to upgrade some of your home items, then I will encourage you to take advantage of the deals and specials going on. Right now at Hiller, uh, you get a free UV light when you purchase a select new HVAC system. You get a free whole home surge protection when you buy a new whole home generator. Or you can get 50% off a descaler when you buy a new tankless water heater. All these details and information can be found online at happyhiller.com. Happy you'll be or the service is free. Uh, To wrap up, in the last 10 minutes, when we get to the text box, that is brought to you by Beatty Chevrolet and BeattyChevrolet.com. Parkside Drive is their location for you to hit the lot. Uh, I know the guys real well there, Daddy and Barbecue, not Daddy and Barbecue, uh, Beatty Chevrolet. Uh, we've bought two cars in our family uh, from there. Great experience. They do things the right way. They've been in business for 90 years. It's hard to be in business that long uh, unless you're doing people the right way, unless you are servicing families generation after generation. Uh, 90 years in business here in Knoxville, locally owned and operated. Mike from Conyers, I believe I read a piece about a recruiting analyst a couple weeks ago. Might have been 247. Uh, Ranked Tennessee's offensive line recruiting class is the best 2024 recruiting class. Is that right? Is that y'all over there? I missed that. If if it was us, and I have not seen that story at all. Um, so, not surprising though that Tennessee would or that somebody would consider Tennessee's offensive line class uh, one of the best in the country or the best. I know that we had some conversations about offensive line recruiting. I maintain that I felt even within those conversations that. The current class uh, coming in was still a a really really nice class 
of offensive linemen from top to bottom and was a little bit different than not a little bit, a lot of different than than the previous high school classes of offensive linemen uh, that were signed. So uh, I, I missed that story, whether it's from us or from somebody else. Um, but not surprising to see somebody have that opinion. I, I think it is a, a fair opinion when you look at Tennessee's offensive line class from top to bottom. Yeah, I I don't I don't I don't see that um, by any like replicable source. Um, as I'm just looking through quickly here, I, I don't I don't see that. But the class is really really good and have opportunity. Um, to turn things around for for this offensive line uh, in the future. Tennessee's preset right now. Um, still need to have an answer at left guard. But after this year, there's concerns. And we'll let the professionals uh, figure that out. Well, there's concerns, in my opinion, if you don't develop these incoming freshmen this year. I mean, these guys have to be ready to play next year. And if they have the potential that we think that they do, that Tennessee thinks that they do, I know that offensive line is a more developmental position and you don't want to speed up that process too much, but because of their inability to recruit that position successfully the first couple of years, they've left themselves no choice but to speed up this 2024 class. And the these current crop of freshmen that a lot of people are high on they're going to have to be ready to contribute next year it's as simple as that so this they have to be developed this upcoming football season and a lot of those guys are early enrollees so they'll be able to this spring and over the summer and throughout the season and next spring and next summer and so on and so forth but they've got to be ready to play by their their second year on campus that they have to tennessee has put them in a put themselves in a position to where those guys have to be ready earlier than you would probably want them to be ready. Yeah, I feel what you're saying. Um, the position that they're in right now, they got to do more than just contribute, man. Chas Nimbrock contributed last year. Um, when I say contribute, like, I, I they gotta mean be, start. They, yeah, they, yeah, they got to be the dudes. And that's, a, yeah, that's, I, yes, that, that's rare to that, have. That's what I mean. A, a whole line or four out of five, or three out of five in this conference of first-time starters. And so, Lance Hurd back. Um, we'll see what happens at, at, at left guard, but like everybody else is going to be gone. So, do you go back to the portal and get more experience um, rather than relying on three maybe four first time starters in the conference. I don't know that, but again, like that's what that's what Hypo and LB, that's what they gotta figure out. Um it's not just about let's worry about this year. No, you, you worry about both. You you address both. That's part of being a, a coach at this level, or really a coach at any level in college. That's why you recruit. If you only cared about the present, you wouldn't recruit. So you're in a two year cycle. Yeah. In terms of projecting the roster and that'll be a fascinating topic next off season because if if you do feel like you need to go out and add through the portal is that going to irritate what you already have on the roster and run them off in today's day and age of, of college athletics so that that'll be that'll be fascinating because even if 
they do develop them and have them ready to go by next season, Swain, even if they feel comfortable starting them, there's still going to be young offensive linemen who are inexperienced and wet behind the ears. And with that comes lumps. Oh, yeah. So, and, and are you, are you really going to do that for a third season of Nico? His, what I assume will be his, his last year on, on Tennessee. If, if everything goes according to plan, I mean, that, that, that'd be a, a, a real big risk to have an inexperienced offensive line in front of Nico. Yeah, so we'll see what happens, man. We'll, we'll monitor that over the next couple of months as we prepare for, for this season. Um, what record do you think we will have in the last four games? Will we go 4-0, 3-1? Do you guys think Tennessee could be a 1-C? I do think Tennessee could be a 1-C. If Tennessee goes 3-1 in the next four, I think Tennessee has a really good chance to be to be a one seed. Uh, what about you, Ben? I agree. I, I would assume that Tennessee would also need a little bit of help that they would need in Arizona or Kansas or the, the other teams who are in that mix for the number three, number four overall seed. They would need some help from those teams losing. But, so. you know, the this four-game stretch to end the season is so difficult that if, if you do go three and one or four and oh in it, then maybe that is good enough to to leap those teams without even getting help. And and then there's also the SEC tournaments involved. Oh, I, I, I don't know if – what's that? The tournament the, – the SEC tournament don't matter. Why not? Uh, a couple of years ago, Rick Barnes was, what, a three seed? And Rick Barnes complained about the conference tournaments not factoring into – the seating for like with the committee, like it should. Um, the seed's already done. It's already done. And so, how can you selection Sunday is basically a couple of hours after the conference championships on Sunday, and they just don't factor in, man. So, um, you're right. But my what I wonder though, Tennessee's going to have a double bye. They're going to play on Friday. If they lose that Friday game and the other team that is in the conversation for that fourth one seed, if they go and win their conference tournament, then what does that do? Yeah. Like, I, I, I do think that that would have an impact, and, and that was more of the scenario in the forefront of my mind. If, if, if Tennessee wins three out of the four games, like, first, no one in the country is playing the caliber of opponents that Tennessee is going to play in the next four games. Like, you're playing four tournament teams. If Tennessee was in the first round of the NCAA tournament, you're not playing four teams that compares to Alabama, Auburn, South Carolina, Kentucky. If you go three and one versus those teams, like I feel like you should be a number one seed. But hey. I think I think so too. It's just, it's just really hard to pin down right now because there's so much more that that will play out and so much more that can happen it to me it's it's still kind of hard to project at least it, it is for me maybe that's because i'm not the smartest guy in the room but I, I think tennessee goes three and one over these next four games I, I think they win their home games and i think they split the road games i think they beat kentucky and auburn at home and then i think they split alabama and south carolina there you go there we go that would be that would be awesome um i'm sorry to bring this up right now Oh, Mike Kanye said he found a story. It was uh, it was from Rivals. 
I'm gonna keep it moving. Um, about offensive line class this year being the, the best class in, in in the country. Um, I'm gonna wait. Uh, we got like a minute, honestly. I'm I'm really afraid to ask you, man, because I don't I, I don't want to be disappointed in you if if you if you answer this um, wrong or I won't say wrong, but where are you on the Kyle Fubikowski court storming situation? I think that something needs to be done to help the home court rushing the floor situation. I, I do think that there there are measurements, measures that need to be taken. Okay. But I also do think that Kyle Filipowski also flopped uh, a little bit. So I, I I think kind of both things are are true to a, a certain extent. Now I, I I lean more towards the the something needs to happen to so, something needs to change. I, I'm not saying get rid of rushing the court, but maybe implementing like a I've heard a 30 second clock to to get back to the locker room and then they can rush the court when nobody's on it. Like I I don't see the harm in doing that. Um, but there, there are some measurements that, that certainly need to be taken And whether he was like, my thing was, I'm not necessarily saying that he, he flopped in terms of like the ankle turning or whatever, but like coming out and saying like people were punching him in the back and, and, and stuff like that when that, that seemed a little excessive to me. Um, uh, but the, the bigger conversation is absolutely that something needs to, to happen because no matter how you feel about the Caitlin Clark one or, or the Kyle Filipowski one, there is these players are being put at risk. I mean, it's as simple as that. And no matter how you feel about those two particular instances, I think it does show that you you're a, a hair away from from it potentially being a really serious injury. And maybe take these as warning signs and implement some form of of change moving forward. So, quick uh, number one: fans don't need to go to jail for court storm. I think that's silly. Uh, number two, I think there is a place for court storming and field rushing if if there's measures put in place to allow the opposing team to exit the playing surface safely. Like, if you can do that, then there's no reason to ban court storming. But if you cannot do that, if you cannot put measures in place that is going to guarantee the safety of the opposing team, then you need to get rid of it. So if you if you can't put measures in place, get rid of it. If you can, I think it's I think it's cool. I think it's part of college sports, and I would love to see it stay. The players' safety is the most important thing. Period. Point blank. Uh, I think people have these strong takes when they slow down the video because it doesn't. That's not real life. Things happen in a split second. You are walking off the court. You see hundreds of people coming at you. You're going to brace yourself um, for contact. And you can say whatever you want to say about Kyle Flipikowski, if he flopped or whatever. It don't matter. It doesn't happen if people wasn't on the court. They should have been on the court. You beat Duke, who's ranked 10th. Why are you rushing the court anyways? You beat him last year. <laughs> I mean, like, 
Yeah. Uh, and and to your last point there that you just mentioned, Swain, I was listening to Gary Parrish on his podcast, and he was talking about a conversation that he had just had with Steve Forbes, the coach of Wake Forest. He, did, he didn't like it. No, he did not like it. And Parrish said that Forbes also said in terms of the people who really want to hammer home that Caitlin Clark flopped and Kyle Filipowski flopped. I thought he, I thought Steve Forbes made a great point in saying, you don't know how you're going to respond when that many people are rushing at you. I, I think it's real easy to, to say how we would react in that situation. But when you have that many people rushing at you and, and bumping you and making contact with you, it's unpredictable how, how you're going to react. So maybe we should show some grace within that moment to those players. Because like you said, Swain, all those people running at you, you don't know how you're going to necessarily respond within that moment. It, it's easier said than, than done. I would think. Yeah. I think it's really easy to, to, I just don't want to like it. Just don't mention the whole getting punched in the back. That that was my the I, only thing that I kind of raised my eyebrow at a little bit. Yeah. I ain't even, I didn't even see that part. He had some interesting comments after the game. That that was listen. If he got punched in the back, if he got punched in the back, then like how we know what happened to to him. I don't know. I haven't seen a video that showed him getting punched in the back. Yeah, I need, so I need to see. I need to see that part. Um, but listen, like he was the video. Did he get punched in the back initially, or on his way when he was being helped by Duke staffers on the way way out? So like. Yeah, he didn't Every, specify. I don't think everyone's expert at home on uh, on their laptop or on their phone. That's I think we can. You we and do. I, at least, I'm sure there's others that disagree, but you and I can at least agree that measurements need to be taken. Yeah. to to make that experience safer for the student athlete because that is the top priority or priority at the end of the day. Yeah, hundred percent, my man. All right, Ben McKee, go do some grown up stuff, man. Go, go get yourself <laughs> a new house, man. Congratulations, my friend. Big thanks Thank to Jennifer Morris, Keller Williams Realty. Uh, for Ben McKee, I'm Jason Swain. Ben McKee, Go Boss 247. Swain here in the Low T Center Studio. Swain Events fueled by Daddy and Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Hope everyone has a great day. Peace and love. We are out.